0: from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading
1: it about. showtime, folks.
0: Enjoy the show.
1: We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Presentation. What's up, boys and girls? You are tuned in to the Drive-In Speaker Box. It is Monday night, April 25th, 2022. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on this lovely Monday evening, and I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. And no, I'm Slick Doggy, the Grip. And we've got a show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about movies like we do, and if the title of the show hasn't uh, gotten you uh, at least a little bit clued in on what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent, as well as the Northman, uh, or Northman, or n- no- no- North Northman. How, how do you how do you say it?
0: I don't know. I wish I would have looked up how to say it in some sort of Scandinavian. Not an Ottoman. Yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about those sh- uh, later in the, in the program. Uh, shout out to Tony over on YouTube. Howdy do do to you as well? If you guys are listening to the audio version of this podcast, wherever you get your audio podcasts from, be it Spotify or Tuned In or. Apple Podcasts or Google Music, Um, you can always tune in live uh, Monday nights, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. You can check us out on our Facebook, our Twitch, or our YouTube channel, and uh, you can participate in the live chat. It's a lot of fun, and we love to have it, so uh, there you go, but let's do what we always do. And let's start with some news, shall we? There was some stuff that happened, some some announcements that, that were, were made. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this one, but, you know, with the success of Sonic 2, Sega as is as, as like, well, we're not doing consoles anymore, let's make movies, baby. And uh, there has been a green light for... Vector Man the movie. Unfortunately not. And not Boogerman Man either. Oh, but Boogerman
0: uh, Man wasn't a Sega... Uh, game
1: now it was it was a cross platform wasn't it yeah it was, you could play it
0: on Super Nintendo but I only ever found it for rent on Genesis so that's normally where you I know
1: play what it. I think would have made a pretty good like now now that I'm thinking about the success of bad guys in the theater this weekend all the talking animals doing people things uh did you ever play the Sega Genesis game James Pond once and it's a pretty good game I think James Pond would be a pretty pretty good kids movie where it's like you know a cgi fish that's like he was a frog he was a i thought he was a fish no james pond was no he was a fish i know he was a fish i played this i'm gonna i'm gonna use the computer in front of me james pond underwater agent he is a fish fish. what was
0: the frog in a tuxedo video game that i'm thinking about
1: i thought that was just the wb frog hello my baby hello my darling hello my rectum gal um, an Earthworm Jim McLean says that 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 was a TV show. Well, n- also not Sega. Um, yes, it was. No, Earthworm Jim was. not. It was another cross platform.
0: Yeah, but it's not produced by Sega. Sega okay. can't just make yes. movies of things that aren't produced by Sega
1: Studios. They, they, they could. I mean, they can. But yeah, you're right. They can't. They'd have to partner up with the with the, the indie company that made it. But uh, but James Pond, I believe, was Electronic Arts. But it was a Sega Genesis exclusive. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of like Sega properties i mean golden axe was sega and uh kid chameleon was sega and mar or super or sonic super mario sonic whatever his name is but the movie that it's got green light was none of these things that we've been talking about <laughs> unfortunately it's streets of rage that's even better though you're not wrong because There's um, a
0: semblance of a story there kind of
1: because you two, uh, the 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 you you people don't know Streets of Rage out there, but this game was uh, pretty awesome. Um, essentially, Final Fight, except for way more gender and ethnically diverse, and um, you know, Final Fight was just big white guy, other white guy, and karate white guy. Dude, but
0: Final Fight was way better because it's SNK and SNK rules.
1: Um, I mean, yes, but. Streets of Rage had better music and uh, the Streets of Rage, like, I mean, I I have to play just like some of this, the soundtrack because it is just, it's just too good, like, I mean, can you just imagine a movie that opens up to this, you're just like, this is the movie I want to see. And it was like, you know, and the cop, you call like the cop and it comes over and is all like, you know, shoots a bazooka in the air.
0: And then you eat apples from the trash. I
1: mean, how is that not awesome? I mean, Streets of Rage, clearly some of the best video game music of all time. Um, but they're making a movie. They're going to make a movie about it. And a lot of people are like, oh, that'd be dumb. But you go back and you look at movies that are kind of like Streets of Rage. And you've got like Streets of Fire, which early, I believe, Willem Dafoe's in that one. And then you got The Warriors. Mm. Like, what if we got a Warrior-style Streets of Rage beat up movie? That would be super cool as johnny dalton says out uh, columns the movie outrun toe jam and earl i would watch a toe jam and earl show
0: i really hope that all the all the bad guys in the streets of rage movie are identical and like they just change colors every now and then and, and they just hire the same four or five actors to be the the bad guys or get like sets of twins to I mean, be all of the bad guys changes it.
1: just the yellow pants red pants mm-hmm. orange pants um, like a Bobo in Double Dragon, but you know we've seen movies like Double Dragon that weren't so good. It's true. And uh, you know we've got you know you you just don't know what you're gonna get all the time. But I think uh, you know if if the same team that handled uh, Sonic is handling Streets of Rage, it could be good, now, rumor has it, rumor has it, that the, uh, Derek Kolstad, who is known for writing, uh, John Wick and Nobody, is set to, uh, write part of the script, so, um, that could prove pretty cool, pretty cool, um, so, yeah, oh, geez, all right, redeemed, uh, over on Twitch, Vince over here using his channel points says Bo takes a sip. He says he's never gonna like use these points because on this this prize because I'm always drinking, but I haven't started drinking yet, so I guess I'm gonna go ahead and take a swig of this delicious uh, Bombay Sapphire uh, for 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 cool and refreshing summertime sips. Choose not Bombay Sapphire. Uh, there's plenty of better gins out there, but this is what I have. Anyway, Streets of Rage. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that, and um, that's cool news. Also, in the not cool news, um, oh, oh, just, just, just this, just in, Twitter got bought. Yeah, Elon did it. He bought Twitter. Forty four billion. Do you know the problems we could solve with forty four billion dollars? Do you know the, the 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 diseases we could cure? The um, the 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 jobs we could create, the infrastructure that we could build, like forty four billion dollars could build like a light ra- a rail infrastructure in the the United States. You know, I mean, hmm. you could probably build a bullet train from uh, New York to L A. and uh, and and Chicago for forty four billion I dollars. I mean, that's probably. I don't know. I mean a billion is so hard to think about. Like money like if you think about money, your head melts. Like there's if you think about guys like Elon Musk, your head melts. Um you, you go full scanners. It's just you can't compute like that's why these people are psychopaths. So, much,
0: so many dollars.
1: You know, it's insane. But um that's that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Twitter, but that's not really movie-related. But what, what is movie-related is Netflix. Netflix, we've been talking about Netflix a lot, how they're going to be cracking down on password sharing and all this kind of stuff. They're talking about adding ads. So, you know, here's the thing. if they, I'm not opposed to Netflix adding ads if they went full-on like Crackle, where it's like, there it is. Oh, it's free. It's free. Check it out ads but if they're just like we're gonna give you two dollars off a month if you put up with that eat a bag of dicks like no way am i gonna you know it's
0: better than the hulu model where you pay for ad free and you still get ads it's i
1: mean guys we are rewinding so far back in to cable we're running head first back to cable you know and the only thing we gained from it is choice like uh if if you really look at what's happening you know what what pushed us away from cable is okay it was expensive and we it wasn't on demand but it was getting there and then once streaming came and created on demand everybody was like well this is the future of everything and uh and now you know we're like cut the cable and now we're just like how do we put that back on you know these these uh streaming companies are just like we gotta we gotta we gotta Put nine cables in them. We got a full-on Matrix in the back of their head. Um, we got we got to get them. But, yeah, it's uh, Netflix, you know, they got to figure out how to pay for Stranger Things because that's coming out. And mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, we're, we're spending up to $30 million an episode or something insane like this, making it one of the uh, most expensive TV shows ever created. And it's not even that good. Last season wasn't that good.
0: I've still yet to ever watch one full episode of that show. Stranger Things? Yeah. The
1: first season was
0: cool. You know, I mean, it opened up with a bunch of like tabletop game nerds, and I
1: was like, no way. Like, you're not a tabletop game nerd. No. Nah. I've played tabletop games with you before. I've played slot cars with you as That's a grown way man. cooler.
0: Slot cars are rad.
1: I mean, yes, they are. So are tabletop games. Yeah. <laughs> um don't you don't try to pretend to be that's why that's why we're not bigger than we are is you're you're constantly pretending to not be <laughs> your true authentic self jake what do you mean you just need to lean into your true authentic self and then the show will take off um All right. and
0: i'm a cool party playboy. let's do it real self rock and roll
1: See, we're going back to projected self. Um, we need to go to true, authentic self. I think is is the. And I think Vince hit it over there with the emojis. But That's um, for you, doggy. Okay, I mean, there's more than enough to go around. Anyway, uh, Netflix. I, I mean, they lost. They said they lost uh, a couple hundred thousand subscribers recently. Set to lose, um, you know, maybe two million this quarter.
0: Because it got more expensive, again and they're like well if it's too expensive maybe you'll put up with commercials it's like oh
1: well also i think the problem comes back to something that we've talked about on the show a handful Saying of they times can't password share. and well uh, episodic viewing you know and uh, binge binge viewing is kind of terrible for this model um especially a subscription-based model you look at how more shows like disney plus and amazon prime are starting to lean back into weekly episodic releases even hulu starting to do it now um because the problem with binging binge content is like you you make an eight or nine episode series that costs 30 million dollars an episode and somebody watches it literally in an afternoon is like all right what next what next? What are we going to watch next? But you say, okay, well, I've got a you know a nine-episode deal. That's that's going to be stretched out over two months, so that person has to stay a subscriber for at least two months yeah, to see th- the whole thing. And don't yeah, but me with... A, the, the, was a, I like binging. Yeah. It's like, everybody if, does, of course. If I can't watch it all at once or whenever I want to, I kind of don't want it. But that's the problem is they cannot make, hey, thanks, Bottle Rocket. They can't make the content that we need fast enough because we consume it too fast. We're over here just like double fisting content being like, I got it on my phone. Well, I got it on my phone. I also got it on my TV. Well, I got a TV. I got my laptop. You know, and they're just like wolfing down content constantly. Yeah, but the problem
0: with episodic releases is you get like Game of Thrones stuff and they're like, well, sorry, we know it's been three and a half years, but here's one episode. Oop, we're taking a break again. Uh, here's two episodes we know you're disappointed with it but if you wait one more year the next episode will come out
1: no that was only a product because they said it got released the opposite the other way and they're like we're running out of content we got to stretch this out but we got to re we got to fit it back in the old model if they just do it film it release it time-lapse capsule style it's gonna be fine and they're gonna they're going to be able to retain customers that way this is the economics of this thing and
0: um Johnny says something about not c- quit canceling the original shows Netflix puts out a lot of really crappy movies and then when they're whenever there's something that's like a decent series yeah they're just like oh it's over well, like Amazon and everyone does it like they did with the tick mm-hmm. you know they're just like oh forget it you know screw it. And
1: well, and and again it comes back to the 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 rapid consumption of the the content that they're putting out there especially on streaming media. It's hard to figure out how to uh you know gen- revenue generation from these things, right? You know, of course, there most of these places think that okay, If we've got eyes on it and everyone's talking about it and it becomes memeable and it's the only thing on the internet, yes, that's a successful show. But a show like The Tick, it took a minute. You know, I mean, it's still one of the most highest ranked shows on Amazon, but it didn't It didn't break all those records the first week It took a couple of months And then everybody's like, oh my god, this is amazing, this is incredible Um, But it took a while For it to get there, but but that time You know, some shareholders and Amazon Guys are like, well, what's the story on tick? Not making money? All right, ax it, we gotta go to the the next thing And I think with stretching Things out and going back to episodic Nature of these things It gives these shows a little bit of time To breathe and figure out if we truly Need to, you know, ax these things Regardless if we, of course, we like like gorging it all at once. I mean, you know, that's that's it's we. I feel like we're all bulimic, in it when it comes to TV, like we're and we're just watching all these movies, and then we go, "Oh, I'm sick," and then we just puke it all up, and go, "Oh, well, now I'm hungry again," and give me another Marvel, give me another Doctor Strange, and it's um, just not a good way to do it. Hmm. Yeah. Did you go to Steel Panther? Tony's asking.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, not that long ago uh, on their. uh Latest tour. It was a good time. Steel Panthers, a uh, ridiculous, uh, very fun band to watch anytime. time. Um,
1: I like them. Steel, yeah, I mean, I like that you're wearing a Ma- Matrix-style shirt of Steel Panther. That was like yeah. the...
0: Yeah, that was the whole thing.
1: Uh, Night Alice says, I can't prioritize to commit to more than one episodic show a week, even though that's a, that's a struggle. Unfortunately, we are all too busy. But, you know, I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time, and I am the king of busy, but uh, you, but it's not we're not because we somehow still manage to find time to binge nine hours of whatever, right? And it depends you know, on the I'm show,
0: st- well, it does some things you can have just in the background because you don't have to watch it. Uh, reality shows or or um, like home makeover shows, you really, you really only have to see like the you. That's what it looked like, and then you hear them clean, and then you see the end. You're like, "Oh wow, look at that!" You know, there's things like that that you can have going on. Or uh, uh, my fiance watches a lot of true crime stuff. You can just listen to it as like a, yeah, just like podcast, a podcast style thing. Yeah,
1: but you know, I think that that the, the us saying that we're 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 too busy to pencil in uh, episodic, you know, once a week, you know, you don't have to tune in live like you do. I mean, all of you guys are clearly tuning in live Monday nights at eight o'clock Central Standard Time to listen to us, which is cool. And we thank you. But, you know, um, like, you've got a whole week to watch this episode, and then the next one's going to come out, and it's like, you know, it stretches that that period of interest, you know, you go back to shows like Lost, where Lost, we, we can blame Lost for all of this stuff, really, and because um, it, it was, I mean, it, freaking Abrams is the reason why we're sitting here talking about this phenomenon, but, you know, it was episodically released but 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 you know it, it became so in viral you know and people were talking about it at work each episode did you get caught up do you know what's going on what do you think blah 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 you know and with with binge culture we 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 feel like we have to hurry up and watch all of it uh and we can't really process it or digest it or talk about it or discuss it with our friends um you know and 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 then we it just becomes so much more disposable that way um and 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 it and it really it kind of you know, uh, brings up a lot of other kind of ideas and sort of ideolo- ideology about how we consume media. Um, and I think Netflix is having a really hard time figuring out this model because you can't just constantly spend millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to have enough content for a binge person for more than a month. You know, like it's amazingly fast how we can have no time and blaze through a, uh, Three seasons of one show in like a week, you know. So um, now let's just only do to support you. you guys. I put my kid to bed late in order to watch. For some people, it's logistically difficult. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it 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 it's it is a challenge. But you got the whole week to do it, and 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 I think that I think it's a better model. You know, I think it's a better model. Not just because I think convenience is a something that we take for granted and we rely on too much. To make excuses for other conveniences that we may or may not need like i think i think art and culture and um cinema and music and all of these things that we kind of just take for granted in our lives as always being an omnipresent option for us to consume when we're bored um you know it used to be a special thing now it's just a time filler and, uh, I think that, that, that's why we're getting less and less interesting, uh, creative content, uh, which is a part of a big diatribe that I'm going to be having later in the show. when we talk about the two films we're going to be talking about, but, um, you know, if we make time for content, that's good. And we, and we talk about it and we savor the flavor, so to speak, then, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be presented with better, better stuff, um, but again, you know, like not Alex who said the economics are real. You cannot keep asking a company to make 16-hour epic amazing content every day of the week. Mm. Can't do it. It's impossible. I mean, how many cars can you fix in a day?
0: Depends on what they need fixed.
1: Can uh, hundreds. Hundreds of them. Can you alone fix hundreds of cars in a day? No. Can't I can't do it. even
0: fix one. It has too many problems.
1: <laughs> well, but the, I mean, the point remains, it's like, you know, you, you creating, it's finite. And uh, consumption is infinite. And that's where those two things intersect. So food for thought. Um Anyway, uh, pff, Netflix that took up a lot of time. Expendables Four. We were going to talk about Expendables Four. Yes. A new poster has been released. Uh, it's big tagline: "They'll die when they're dead," which I mean, I guess makes sense.
0: Yeah. Sure. Why? Why wouldn't it?
1: Uh, it's got Fifty Cent. It's got Jason Statham. It's got Megan Fox, Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone, Tony Jaa, Iko Uwais. It's got the whole the whole gangs getting back together. Randy Couture's there. Um, we're we're getting another one, and they're saying it's going to be the most explosive yet. Which why wouldn't they say that? You know, they're like we're making one that's probably going to be not as good as the last one. Check it out. That's how each you know? of them have been so far, <laughs> right? Um. Tony says, to be honest, waking up sleepy-headed to begin the week every Monday morning, stubborn and remembering that I get some driving speaker box fix gets me through the one of the toughest days of the week. Heck yeah, man. Mm. We're happy to help you. Um, that's how we do Johnny,
0: it. Johnny, spoilers and ground effects will fix a lot of things. Have you never played
1: Spoiler Need Alert. for Speed? <laughs> um, let's see what else. Let's just go ahead and... S- I mean, we're running... I, 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 yeah, lot I mean, of the majority news. of the news
0: has just been occupied with johnny Depp court case stuff so
1: pooping on beds cutting off fingers it's, uh, it's it's all a lot of domestic abuse in hollywood right now which i read a really interesting article today uh that was about sort of the concept of celebrity and um what it means to be a celebrity and this is this is a you know a topic that i could almost dedicate a whole show to and i'm not going to today because we've got a couple of movies to review but um maybe maybe one day i'll just come up here and start talking to you guys about it but you know, in the in the in the sort of golden age of Hollywood, even a pre-social media, I guess is what we can say. You know, with paparazzi and the idea of celebrity, it was like celebrities were kind of larger than life. We looked at them as fantasy characters that played fantasy characters that we worship, idolize, and we're like, oh my God, wouldn't we want to be that? That's so amazing. But now we're kind of with this hyper intrusive amount of content and and just you know. Um, uh, just social media and, and, and invasive news that we get about celebrities. We're finding out that not only are they real people, but they're also, you know, probably more screwed up than we are. And because they've got different problems because problems do scale. And, uh, you know, it's not quite as sexy and cool to be a celebrity anymore and so you're like oh well you know everybody used to think Johnny Depp was like the coolest guy ever but now we're kind of looking at him and go like what a little bitch you know and it's like not not cool you know he's not as cool as he used to be he's letting this lady like shit literally shit all over him and you're like how could Johnny Depp we thought he was we thought he was so just a, a amazing who would poop on jack sparrow and would jack sparrow let someone poop on them and uh you know it it, kind of begs the question of how we view celebrity and are we going to be moving away from a period of putting these people on pedestals or just kind of pitying them i don't know it's it's an interesting concept but you know uh we can talk about it another time. Uh, Jake is obviously bored, and uh,
0: I, I, I don't. I have nothing invested in it. I don't know. I, it's not really celebrity gossip and news. Isn't really my thing.
1: Well, I mean, it's a big part of movies uh, now. It used yeah. to not be.
0: But yeah, I remember when we could talk about like the picture and cinematography and audio of movies and the behind the scenes, and it wasn't all just like, "Well, then Ezra Miller."
1: Through chair at someone's head in Hawaii, because now it's all behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, because I think it's like you know you worship these people, you idolize these people, and you think you want to be like these people. And you know, we get to a point where we see these people so much outside of movies that we, you know, where does the movie stop and where does the person end? And you know, it's it's a it's a weird blurry line, and um, that actually leads into you know um, a lot of themes in an unbearable weight of um, or the whatever the name of that movie is, um, Unbearable weight, weight of Massive, massive talent. talent. But anyway, let's talk about the movies that are coming out this weekend because there are a few coming out, mostly indie films, uh, one sort of lower-budget action film um, that, that, that Jake's probably going to be super pumped about. It's from director Martin Campbell starring Liam Neeson and Guy Pearce. It's called Memory. And I'll give you one guess as to what kind of character Liam Neeson is playing.
0: Cool dude.
1: And by cool dude, (laughs) we mean... mean, A
0: guy with a gun.
1: Yeah, that has a set of skills and uh, is probably on the run and uh, using that set of skills to get revenge on something or another. And uh, so this one isn't he's an assassin for hire that's getting old and he becomes a target because he refuses to complete a job. And uh, it's, it's actually a remake of an old Belgian film. Um, but here we have, you know, it, go ahead. I
0: was going to say it's kind of like a combination of several of his movies. You got taken uh, the one where he had to protect his RoboCop son And uh, Run All Night That's what Mm -hmm. that one was called Yeah, Run All Night And then uh, the other one about him being a guy Whose memory wasn't perfect And he was trying to figure out if his life was real Or what was real in his life Where he was in Germany And he crashes into that river in that taxi ride And I can't remember the name of that movie
1: Well, much like this movie He can't remember stuff Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying He, You know, it's called Memory And I think it's pretty, you know I mean, Liam Neeson's going on What, like 87,000 years old at this point? (laughs) Uh, seventy nine. He's in his seventies, right? Is he? I want to say he's like in wow. a. he's he's got to be in his seventies. Like this dude is freaking ancient. Um. Let's see. I mean, he was born in 1952. For Christ's so ex- sake,
0: exactly. Yeah, 70.
1: he's 70 freaking years old, and he's and he's a hitman. Like, and that's that's. I mean, he's a great actor, and I like Liam Neeson. But you know, the fact that this is a this is a movie about a hitman on his meds, losing his mind, and it's like who like that's that again. You know, where lines blur. I mean, you know, there was an interesting Vice piece, which Vice has descended into stupid Snapchat clip bait of the past year. But they were talking about hitmen and how like. You know, Hollywood glamorizes hitmen really, really hardcore. But like the reality of it is it's usually some ass hat on the dark web that's like, I'll kill your ex-husband for fifteen thousand dollars and then bundles the whole shit up and and everybody goes to jail. Well it's like um, think of it,
0: there's like famous hitmen and like their whole thing is they got caught and that's how you know about them. Right. Yeah. It's like
1: But you know, the idea of the Liam Neesons that are like in a suit, like screwing a silencer onto a gun and being like knock knock." and uh you know getting into a rolls a royce and being like leave the money in the platform and you know it's like yeah.
0: i mean not Alex Lee has a good point old people i mean who's gonna be like oh i watched that guy kill that dude they're like bro he's 70 are you kidding
1: well that was like basically the premise of that clint eastwood movie where he was the drug runner he's like no one's gonna expect this old dude to be running cocaine for the cartel um but uh, but yeah, I mean, you're there's a really good hitman movie. It's a weird French movie. Um, it's called Man Bites Dog. If you guys have never seen that, but it, it's kind of like a little black and white documentary where they're following around this guy who just basically kills people for a living. But it's a really interesting look at like what if hitmen were real? Or, or I mean, hitmen are real. Don't get me wrong. There are con- there's a re- hitmen are totally a real thing. But you know, just every day. Ben Edlund style hitman just running around town, being like, "Oh, I'm gonna take the guy's wallet," and then pushing him in the in the in the you know the uh, the dumpster. It's a really funny scene where he kills this old lady by just scaring her to death and giving her a heart attack because he didn't want to spend money on bullets. And uh, it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, memory coming out in theaters this week. Also coming out in theaters, uh, the you've probably seen if you've been to see any of uh, the A24 movies in theaters right now, uh, or any other small run films. Uh, Hatch had the Hatching, which is uh, about this young gymnast who um, is trying to please her mother finds this weird egg, hides it, and it hatches into this weird like body horror bird. Skeksis-looking thing from Dark Crystal. Um, the, the trailer is incredibly unnerving. And if you go to any horror movies or any indie films, you've probably seen the trailer to this movie. But it is coming out this week. I don't think it's going to be getting any sort of wide release. Probably fairly limited, maybe expanded release. We will see. But also, another incredibly low-release uh, film that it would be very interesting to see if it gets... Any semblance of wide release in the States is Vortex. And Vortex is interesting because it's Gaspar Noe. And, uh, you know, this guy is m- known for pretty unapproachable movies. Um, and over the top, sort of, I mean, Irreversible was a movie that really put him on the map back in 2002. Um, one of the guys from Daft Punk, Thomas Bangalter, I believe, did the score for that, which is, pr- you know, pretty insane. But it's got some. Pretty intense scenes in there, um, but then also Enter the Void uh, became kind of a cult classic when streaming media hit because um, it's just very visually insane. But this movie stars, uh, oddly enough, uh, Dario Argento is one of the lead roles in this movie. If you don't know who Dario Argento is, he is a very famous director uh, that, you know, was a uh, tallow horror, I mean, Suspiria. I mean, if you don't know Argento, then you know I'm not gonna give you a masterclass on this tonight. But check him out. But Gaspar Noé um, did not think that this movie would get a United States release at all. But it's coming out in limited this week. It's about this. Um, elderly couple that are kind of stricken by dementia and it's filmed in a very interesting style with um kind of like that 8mm format but multiple frames stack up it's it's pretty pretty interesting looking uh the trailer's out there you can check it out it's called Vortex that's getting released this week but uh but yeah that's pretty much the new releases i think it's you know it's going to give some time for bad guys and sonic and northman and un, un- unbearable way of massive talent to give some some time to flap just Mm. a little bit so there you have it that's what's coming out in theaters this week um so yeah let's talk about let's talk about what's in theaters right now let's jump into I'm gonna let Jake kick us off here we're gonna talk about the new film The Northman
0: The Northman yeah uh
1: Vikings real
0: Vikings murderous pillaging uh rape Theft, vikings, slaves, the whole thing. You get to see them in all their wild, drug-addled, violent everything. And it's pretty cool.
1: It's very cool.
0: Uh, You get to see several different styles of uh, vikings and see that there are other Scandinavian peoples besides them that suffer at their hands. Uh, and it is a journey of a of, of boy who was uh, the son of a king, and he has his kingdom taken, and he vows revenge and grows and does everything he can to take the revenge and is eventually uh, completely consumed by it. Uh, and there's witchcraft. And that's the thing
1: with the revenge, you know? just yeah. it's, it's a slippery slope.
0: It's a pretty cool movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, this, this cast is pretty incredible. Uh you know, I, of course led by Alexander Skarsgård and uh Anya Taylor-Joy who is always really interesting to watch and fun. Um you know, Ethan Hawke lends some supporting role as the uh the, the 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 dad that the the that was murdered and Nicole Kidman um you know, she's in this movie as well and Nicole Kidman is always disturbing on screen. Like I don't understand how she's famous like um and and i don't and then that okay that came out wrong i understand why she's famous i don't understand why people like her and are not Absolutely terrified of her all the time. She's
0: good at being creepy.
1: She, because she, I think she just is evil. I think that she's got like an altar in her house somewhere where she like pulls some sort of sconce or candelabra and like a, a wall that like, goes and makes that like a, like really like concretey noise, you know. And then it's she goes down and there's like bloodletting and like people going and she just like you know she's got a set of eyelids underneath her eyes that the blink the opposite way that ours do and you know she's from planet Nibiru or something like nicole kidman makes me incredibly uncomfortable (laughs) like and then especially because you go to you go to like amc theaters and she's like welcome to amc theaters where movies have feelings i'm like bitch you've never had a feeling in your life like all of your feelings are fake like and she's like And she's like, heartbreak feels right in a place like this. And I'm like, who picked Nicole Kidman to welcome me (laughs) to the movies? Now I'm, like, uncomfortable and hate this. Um, Like, ugh, she's so weird, and I don't like her, but it was
0: exactly what we were talking about after the movie like my, my fiance and I were just like what's the deal with Nicole Goodman and she's like well, you would never wear a sparkly suit and high heels to the friggin movies no. and so like everything about it is so weird uh but she does good being weird she's, in this movie she's yeah.
1: great at being you know a creep you know even when she was in Batman forever I was just like I don't like you I don't like you Dr Chase Meridian <laughs> all um, of the uh all of the
0: characters in this were really good um even well Bjork cast. shows up, and I'm it, like,
1: "Heck yeah, Bjork!" Yeah, and I didn't
0: realize that was her until you pointed it out. At, uh, after you, the movie? How
1: did you not know it was Bjork when she was because like, "She, you, you can't need see to face. go to the mountain chop and <laughs> go." <laughs> da, 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 you she know, didn't like talk the, like that. Bjork. She
0: talked like a more normal person by playing a, a drug, a drugged out. Um, she was a seer. She was like fake. A, person in a vision of of gods or whatever it made her more normal
1: behavior yeah Yeah.
0: she was just
1: It made her more normal when Uh, you look into the tv it's like a little city uh johnny Dalton says does she subscribe how a tv works like bjork is one of my favorite humans like Like,
0: willy wonka (laughs) like
1: bjork is so bjork is not of this Earth, much like Nicole Kidman, but like the friend, like like they're aliens from two different planets, but Bjork is the good species, you know, the one that like loves Earth and is like fascinated with humanity, and Nicole Kidman is like the one that just wants to, you know, mulch us into soylent green and then terraform our planet, you know, like that. they're both aliens, but Bjork, oh, I love Bjork.
0: Well, talking about aliens and stuff like that, though, th- this movie does a really good job of grounding everything in some sort of... Historically, from conan
1: the barbarian
0: historically true uh trying to remain accurate to history but bringing in weird little mystical and magical elements with visions of priestesses and witches and valkyries and while still
1: being true to legend and myth yeah gates of
0: valhalla and like This Yggdrasil-style tree that's internal to the, the the kings and visions and prophecies. So, but it it grounds it all in reality, and it doesn't try to make it like there's some sort of overly magical things, except when they happen on screen, and you're just like, well, that's kind of cool because it just fits seamless with real events in the movie, and everything flows very well and it doesn't feel out of place because it's all just like you're living in some sort of Nordic Scandinavian folklore tale mythological
1: almost if someone was telling the story to you and I think that that's what I really liked about it and you know as soon as I and I and I had no idea I actually had to go back and look at this to make sure I wasn't crazy but from the very first scene to the very last scene I was like uh my god um, Robert Eggers just remade Conan the Barbarian, which is one of my favorite movies in the history of films. Like, we're talking John Millia's masterpiece. And I was like, is that the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's probably stupid, because it's got Schwarzenegger in it. That's what everybody thinks. It's one of the greatest movies who ever made. Who
0: are you hanging out with that thinks that Like, Conan's everybody. Dumb.
1: Everybody I recommend Conan to, they're like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, go back and watch it. Basil Poldera's score, which this movie you takes. tell me who they are, and I will hang them sp- from the tree them. of woe. Uh, i mean it is this movie i like from the very like f- first scene where it comes from dark to light and it goes we're telling you a tale of a warrior king there's no mako in the beginning of this movie it was i didn't i didn't even say it was mako I said there was a dude there was, a, that was that's how the movie started was like there was a north man king that was on a prowl of revenge and the nordic viking times and you're just like (laughs) dude this is this is the opening to conan and then you're like okay well maybe that was just a weird coincidence and then like the scene where like his parents get the heads lopped off in the snow and then he's like oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna get revenge on this dude and the dude was also Doom, but it's also the, the the dude in the movie and the little kid. They're like get the kid, and he manages to escape, but lands in a in the life of slavery. And then he's like this sh- he's like rowing a thing that's just like the wheel of pain, where he like looks up and his innocent eyes are no longer there. And he's just like oh, it's just filled with revenge and hatred. And then he like learns to become a berserker, and you know, just like when Conan learns the the, the ways of the warrior. And so then, the
0: berserker thing is sick. Dude, the
1: berserker thing is sick. It's just like praying to Fenrir, who is one of the coolest of all like weird mythological gods and they're just like yeah let's look get neck and kill everything and you know it's just the the, the 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 coolest and then there's there's scenes where he finds like the 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 night blade which is just like the atlantean sword or he goes into that 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 crypt and then there's the dead king holding the sword and he like sp- he spookily takes it and he thinks the king's gonna wake up and get it but doesn't he like goes crumb but in this one it's just like oh like odin and then he takes the sword and has to you know defeat the things in his mind, and it's just like, this movie is Conan the Barbarian, and I freaking love it, and, uh, you know, and then I was like, okay, am I crazy that I didn't just re-watch Conan the Barbarian, and I was like, you're crazy, and then I I, I did some internet digging with a bunch of interviews with Robert Eggers, and he's just like, yeah, dude, Conan the Barbarian is one of my favorite movies, and I put a whole lot of references to this movie, and I had to not try and keep watching this movie, so I didn't just completely remake this movie, and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. Eggers has as big of a hard on for Conan as I do, and I'm super. Don't make that face. It is <laughs> totally cool to, to have a hard on for Conan the original. Like it's this movie is going to fail at the box office. Like this is movie is not for everybody. Um, this movie at night, Alice, says Conan the Barbarian is probably the top three of my movies. Uh, thank you. go see this Northman. You're gonna you're gonna really. Oh, like but
0: it's it. so good, and it's it's paced very well and it has tons of like super cool characters it is and slow
1: as hell so if you're expecting an action it's epic paced really well and it is paced very and appropriately. it splits it
0: into chapters so you know that things are going to change and there's there's fun all your favorite scandinavian celebrities show up in it you know you got half thor and bjork and you got uh Sk- Ale- Bang. Alexander Skarsgård's like dad's Eldar, in there. Got
1: Eldar Skar, Invengar Sirdson, you've got Bjork, you've got Alwin Fiore, you've got all the I mean he Eggers is the coolest like can we just say that, 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 that Eggers is probably one of the most inventive box office friendly artistic directors that we've had in a very long time. You know he is – the the problem, though, is his movies are probably going to become increasingly less box office uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Friendly? Well, yeah, friendly. Uh, viable, I think, was the word I was looking for. But, you know, you've got The Lighthouse, which everybody that was in the theater with me seeing The Lighthouse that clearly wasn't signed up for what we were about to happen or have happened to us. Was like, um, did that guy just masturbate to a stick and then kill a pelican? And we're like, yeah, dude, wasn't that sick? And they're like, um, you're sick. And uh, and then, <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I mean, if your first response is like that, sick, then... the movie was
1: awesome, and the witch was awesome, and you know, uh, I f- I feel like we're gonna be seeing a whole lot more amazing films from uh From Eggers, like his style of movie making is so. I mean, he he he. It, it's crazy how attentive to detail he is for everything that he is making. Like it's so immersive. Like the lighthouse, you know that maritime culture. You're just like. The, 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 the minute references of historically accurate and culturally accurate stuff that he puts into these and the same with The Witch. I remember reading an article where he was like really being anal retentive about these fence posts on the set of The Witch and how they were too close together. And he's like, well, if you go back into, the, like, the, the, the 1600s or whatever, he's like, this is how they made fences. Do it over! And uh, and he was, like, super up up their butts about it. And then with the Northmen, there's so many small details. Like, I, I remember, you know, seeing little details about, like, funeral rites and things where they were, like, plugging their noses. It's Viking stuff that Vikings do that you would not see if, like, you know, Michael Bay was doing, like, oh, we're going to make Gladiator but Vikings. And, uh, you know... It's just going to be Brad Pitt, like, putting his hand over wheat and, like, still being Brad Pitt. But this was not that. This was Viking shit. Yeah,
0: and it was everything. None of the kills are clean, which is cool because it's, like, everything is super brutal. Uh, nothing is, like, smooth and perfect. Everything's, like, disturbing and not okay. And it's fun. Yeah.
1: And as Knight, Alex, who said, that stuff's appreciated. If you know about it, you appreciate the accuracy. And that's I think that's what makes Eggers an unapproachable director for a lot of just popcorn moviegoers. Because that stuff is lost. You know, there is a lot of detail put into those things to make it immersive for people that appreciate that accuracy. But other people are like, I'm pretty sure Thor is a viking god and i don't see any fat dudes playing playstation and hanging out eating tacos with hulk and that's what i was thinking about when i came into this i thought it was going to be northman just riding with odin shooting bolts with thor just getting rad on it dude and this is a movie where a guy's covered in feces for half the movie dude cuts his hair like does drugs a lot and i mean there it's gross He t- He he cuts two dudes up and shapes them into a horse somehow. Why is everybody cutting off horse heads? That's weird, dude. And uh, it's like, don't you give a shit about Vikings? The answer is no. And um, it's what makes this movie really good. So, The Northman's awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. I would watch this movie again. And... um, you know, the last one of the things I want to say about the, this movie that, that makes it really... I mean, the performances were great. You know, Alexander Skarsgård just completely carried this movie. Plus, um, that
0: dude got beefed
1: out. He got so beefed out. and Like, he, he's twice the size he was in Tarzan. He's so cool. And um, just runs around naked murdering everything. Yeah. <laughs> with gusto mm-hmm. but the 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 other interesting thing that i liked about this in a way that kind of reminded me of Um, movies like Adventures of Baron Munchausen and sort of that inventive style of Terry Gilliam in a way where the storytelling bleeds into the reality of this world and you know their belief in the mythos makes things manifest in the real world so as a viewer you're not sure what is magic and what is reality and what is them projecting and and, and, and it it kind of opens up the, the world of like how religions work and how they're made and how these people back then believed in that kind of stuff and how these mythologies perpetuated themselves and you know like the something as simple as you know she was a forest witch or whatever but she just knew what mushrooms would get you totally fucked up right and and but that was magic you know and they're like oh the spirits are coming in and like these are the sc- sort of tales that could be told third and fourth hand that would make people believe in the supernatural the the weird part though was the 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 sword that wouldn't open unless it was nighttime and and you know you're like is this is this something that they're manifesting in their head so hard that they're just afraid to open it so it can't open or actually couldn't open and
0: yeah but there's the other things where like where he meets the witches and prophecies come true and yeah. ravens are actually like helping him out Yeah. Dude, because like, odin
1: was a representation like one of the main representations on earth was uh, of of odin is the raven and but 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 that's why this movie's so good. Yeah, is it takes those things and blends them into fantasy reality uh, to where you can put yourself in the perspective of the main characters, and that's something that Eggers does really 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 well. Is giving you the same perspective that the person in the film is doing. Like you are a participant observer, not just an observer. And um, I think that gets lost on a lot of people, but uh, it makes for a really, really, really good movie. So um, The Northman in theaters right now. You can check it out. I highly recommend that you do because it's not making a lot of money. And uh, going into something I'm going to talk about here in just a second after I talk about the next movie that I'm going to talk about, which is, of course, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Um, another movie that... um, has no business existing but is but unfortunately due to box office things is a bad news bears scenario for comedies and indie comedies this movie has been hyped up a lot and it did not deliver at the box office this week despite being freaking amazing let me start by saying that I've had not had as much fun watching a comedy in theaters in probably Recent memory years, as I had watching this movie, because I don't normally like situational comedies in on the big screen. You know, not my favorite genre. Most of it tends to be very repetitious, very tropey, very of the moment, like Family Guy style humor. If like you didn't tune into Twitter that week, you wouldn't get it. Um, But uh, Vince says, "Oh, I didn't even know it was a comedy. No, this is a full throttle comedy." and not quite not quite up-its-own-ass comedy like Being John Malkovich, which is, again, a very similar in tone, where it's breaking the fourth wall and letting a, an actor play himself, or something like, the, say, Steve Coogan's The Trip, which is a dark comedy, but still in the comedy element where a, a real-life actor is playing a hyper-stylized version of themselves, But um, which also, if you've never seen Steve Coogan's The Trip or all the subsequent sequels, I highly recommend them. They're exquisite. Um, but... You know, Nick Cage is not the first actor to play himself in a movie. So let's just get that out of the way. Um But. And he's not really himself in this, right? He's, of course. They, he he's never, not Nicholas Cage. He's Nick Cage. He's Nick Cage. And, but he is the Nick Cage that was in Con Air right. and Raising Arizona. And, you know. Uh, he's not him. But he's him. But he's him. Yeah. And, you know, this movie handles... The concept of celebrity, it handles aging relevance, it handles uh, friendship, it handles trope, it handles what's marketable, it handles all of these things with such a hilarious, like, uh, just ease. It just goes through very difficult things that normally most movies get very, very wrong and does it in such a fun and engaging manner. I mean, you've got an incredible supporting cast, which is mainly just Pedro Pascal. This is a buddy buddy cop movie, right? Don't let anybody think you, uh, convince you that this is not a buddy cop formula. This movie fits into every 80s and 90s buddy cop formula in the history of movies in all the right ways. Hmm. And and Nicolas Cage it's referential. You do not have to know a lot about Rick, Nicolas Cage. Like you could you could not know where all the memes come from. You could not know that this memes from Vampire's Kiss. You could not know where the golden guns come from. You know, but still have an amazing time with this movie because everybody knows Nick Cage at this point, right? Nick Cage has become an institution. But uh you know, this movie just Starts like from the first scene to like the next to last scene, there was a a joke set up at the very beginning that had this incredibly amazing payoff towards the end that just also solidified the deal that the writers absolutely knew what they were doing and had a purpose for everything. And Pedro Pascal um, plays this likable villain hero, villain hero again character that you can't hate help but just absolutely fall in love with like Nicolas Cage does. It's a ro- a bromance of epic proportions. And you know me, I don't normally like drug scenes in movies where it's like, oh, we're taking marijuanas. Look at how crazy the world is. It's a hangover, part nine. And everybody thinks it's funny, but they did an LSD scene that had me laughing out loud in the theater. Hmm. Like, it's this, this movie is so well-written for a comedy that um, that takes itself seriously and then completely takes itself for exactly what it is, which is a movie about Nick Cage being Nick Cage, but not being Nick Cage at all. And, you know, it has so much heart in scenes where Nick Cage is dealing with... The problems of his family. You know, the struggles of being a celebrity that that makes a lot of movies, that probably doesn't have a good home life, has troubles dealing, you know, reaching his daughter and getting a divorce, you know, and all the stuff that we were talking about, like the Johnny Depp, like behind the scenes, like the the tragic sadness of celebrity um, and, you know, how to maintain relevance. Uh, But then you spiral off into this weird world of, oh, he's getting involved in some sort of sleeper agent, CIA, drug cartel situation, but only Nick Cage with Nick Cage skills can, you know, save the day. And he does and doesn't all at the same time. And I I don't want to give anything away with this movie because the ride is so much fun and the jokes are there and they land every single time. And no one's watching this movie. Uh, And it's really upset. Um, Let's see, let me go check back in the comments here. Uh, is this the one time you talked about last week with Nick Cage's Nick Cage? Yes, Unbearable uh, weight of massive talent. Uh, in the spirit of Nick Cage, it should be only released on HD DVD. Uh, no, this this movie. Get this movie. I, this this movie. I would buy on physical media. Hmm. Yes. Um. Melody Mayhem says I'm I'm so confused and intrigued by the thought of this movie. Go see it in the theater. Um. Uh, b- scratch that itch. Like if you're com- if you're intrigued, don't wait for it to hit streaming. Show. These companies that you want to see the this kind of movie in theaters, and um, as in the stuff they share is based in or actual reality, or is it just a play on what it would be like? It's of course it's a play on what it would be like. You know, I mean, it it it, it t- obviously these things exist. Face Off exists. Mm. Snake Eyes exist. 8mm exists. Eight Millimeter exists. Guarding Tess exists. Like you know, all, the Wicker Man exists. All these movies that Nicolas Cage was in that they reference, and Nicolas Cage has an imaginary friend who gives him advice who is just himself from the 90s and he's just like you're still it nick blah blah blah, and it's like this you know uh deep faked you know younger version of himself uh giving him advice and you know it's it's fun seeing those because it's him interacting with himself but the thing is is this movie before I'm going to stop reviewing the movie and talk to you about what I wanted to talk to you about with this movie is this movie's not making money and this movie is people are already talking about this movie and the Northman as like the death of indie indie cinema at the theater and this is is terrible because you know as uh, I believe Johnny Dalton in the comments he always asks is it pants worthy is it worth going to see in the theater and you know absolutely and 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 any of these indie films that are taking a chance, you know, the the one, of, for me, one of the most frustrating things that I think that, that both Jake and I have on the show is when we say, Hey guys, you're all upset that there's no original content movies and no foreign films and no indie films and no, none of the stuff being played in the theater. And when it does, you don't go see it, you know? And then you go, I'm just going to wait for it to go to streaming. But when you wait for it to go to streaming, that's the grave. It's already too late, you know, and they've already sold it. It's already gone off to auction house, and it's just a corpse that they're like, eh, well, maybe we can squeeze it for a few more bucks. And when you go and see it in the theater, you know, when you go see, you know, whatever, one of Jake's foreign films, and you, 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 you go see this movie about Nick Cage, you're like, I didn't, I don't know. It sounds neat. I just, I just don't know. Go check it out. And when you go check it out, Regardless, I mean, chances are you're going to be amazed and you're going to have a great time, but what you're going to ultimately do is you're going to show these studios that these movies are worth investing in. The Northman cost $90 million to make, and it made twelve this weekend at the box office. That ain't good. And Johnny, you're not just a bad person, but well, I'm you an example because you're in the chat. And, uh, but, but it is behavior, going back to what we talked about at the very beginning, about convenience, about like, eh, I don't have time. And, um, you know, it, it, if we can make time for culture and if we can make time for good content and if we can, if we can you know, not just expect it to fit into our schedule but fit it into our schedule, or expect it to fit us into you hang on let me like a flow chart we can't expect the content to accommodate our schedule we need to accommodate our schedule for the content and when we start doing that again that's when we start seeing the success of movies like this. And when we see the success of movies like this, we start seeing studios that will invest in movies like this. Because mm-hmm. right now, they only want Dumbledores and Sonic the Hedgehogs and the bad guys and, you know, uh, more Batmans and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, when you you see, you're not going to see another ninety million dollar Eggers movie in probably a decade. I promise, because this movie—that's why we're not going to see another, you know, um, uh, villain view um, Blade Runner. You know, they're like, oh, pff, nope, that made no money. Let's get out of here. Um, it didn't. It didn't do what it needed to do. So, you know, when we vote for our dollar, we get more of the things that we pay for. Uh, so go out and vote, vote for your daughter. Uh, night Owl, She says, here's part of the deeper problem. I think movies of being social to a certain degree, if you're isolated, it's easier to consume media alone at home because so many people are isolated in real life. Um, you know, uh, movies are a social thing, mm-hmm. you know, I afterward. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. You, you consume them. Like, I, I mean, we've talked about this Several times, like there is something to be said about seeing a movie in an audience full of people, and you're quiet. And then, as soon as I mean, what did we do when we walked out of the theater? Talk about it. We sat in the lobby and we're like, dude, 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 you know. And you, if I go home and I watch a movie, I don't like call up my homies and go, dude, dude, dude. They're like, shut up. Like I didn't watch <laughs> this right now. Um, but it it. You know there is a social element to art and cinema especially that by having relying more on convenience it sort of kills the content just like DoorDash like DoorDash is killing local restaurants tiny small local restaurants because you're depending on convenience and you're asking them to sacrifice to make it more convenient for you and by doing so you lessen the quality that they're able to provide for you And, you know, everyone's like, well, I mean, they charge more. Right. And it's like, no, the convenience element makes the money, not the content creator. It's the distribution that that is taking the money because you're paying for the convenience. Um, And that's a whole different platform. Um, Anyway, while we're doing that, let's go over the box office. You want to to do some box office? Do you want to do the box office?
0: We can do it, yeah.
1: Go for it. All right. So,
0: top 10, domestic. What made money this past week? Uh, Coming in at number 10, we got Ambulance. Woo-woo! Yeah, made $1.79 million, bringing its total up to nineteen
1: million for a three-week run. I didn't realize that movie had already been out three weeks. Three weeks. And you know what? I haven't seen it. But critics are saying it's probably one of the best Michael Bay films. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, the bar is kind of low. I did see, like, a little Facebook
0: reel about how he hired some super drone racer guy to get some super sick shots in the movie or whatever. Uh, so there might be some cool stuff there. Uh, number nine, Morbius, uh, still going uh, on there, made $2.3 million. Uh, This last weekend, uh, bringing its total to sixty-nine million domestic (laughs) out of four weeks. Um, It
1: just crawled over the hundred and fifty million mark, I think, uh, worldwide. Worldwide, mm -hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Number eight, Father Stew movie that I didn't know. Anything about until it started showing up in Facebook ads like two days before it was released. Uh, $3.3 million at the box office, uh, which brought it to $13.87 million after two weeks uh, of release there. Mark uh, Wahlberg. Uh, hey, pray to Jesus. Yeah. Do Do you guys Jesus? Yeah, and if not, he'll punch you uh, based on a true guy. Uh, number seven, Lost City. Uh, it made 4.3 million at the box office still going how about that 85 million is its five week total Ching. How about that Not so bad for that movie uh, I imagine it has probably met its budget at least um,
1: let's see what it wait, did it, it got a, a pretty big international release too it got 42 million over overseas so 128 worldwide so yeah, how not about bad it?
0: Uh, number six, everything everywhere all at once it is now in 2100 theaters. How about that? Go check it out.
1: Uh, we reviewed it, uh, what, not last week, but the week before? Yes. So definitely recommend that movie.
0: It made $5.4 million this past weekend, bringing its total up to just shy of $27 million uh, with five weeks released, but not all five of those have been uh, anywhere near that 2100 theater total. I think for a time it was like three, wasn't and it? it like, yeah. An, yeah.
1: The interesting thing about this movie is it hasn't gotten an international release yet. So, really? Um, Still. Yeah, I know. A24 is very domestic savvy. Like They're they're kind of a United States thing. They're very small. Uh, they haven't gotten into the global market yet. But this is a movie that I think would track in, in other uh, foreign markets, but I'd love to see it in a global
0: yeah, well, I'm sure it'll get there at some point. Michelle Yeoh is too big of a star to keep it uh, contained like that. Uh, and then number five, opening week of the unbearable weight of massive talent, it brought in 7.1 million, uh, which is its full total uh, for the weekend there uh, as its first week opening. No, I mean
1: Lionsgate pre-open. taking Lionsgate taking a big chance on this movie, and I mean opening up at number five is a pretty Bad opening if you really break it down.
0: And as much as you said people should go watch it in theaters, you know this is going to be one of those streaming hits. Like, people are going to watch it, and they're like, oh, man, why didn't I watch this before Nicolas
1: Cage? Ridiculous. This will be a cult classic.
0: He's had so many uh, straight-to-video films
1: recently uh, that have done well. Mandy and Pig. Pig, yeah. Yeah. But this movie, it's crazy because that's what I don't understand about this movie is everybody's just like, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. Eh, I'll wait for it on Maybe it's streaming. because they're so
0: used to that at-home Nicolas Cage movie experience now. Uh, with Pig and the one that had the jaguar or whatever on the boat. And uh, what was the one where he had the explosive gaunt suit on? It was like
1: a Showdown at Darkness Cafe or whatever. The, it had a no, weird, it wasn't weird name. it in it at all. I'm uh, writing that yeah. script right now. I it watched Showdown it and, at Darkness yeah, Cafe. Yeah,
0: I watched it and reviewed it on the show. Yeah. I just can It was called like the
1: Ghosts of Poopy Point. Something Ghostland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Ghost of Poopy Point is my next film, yeah. also.
0: Wanna, yeah, you and Dave Pilkey can team up, <laughs> the, the Captain Underpants guy. Uh, number four, just above it, is The Northman, uh, which opening week, $12.29 million, Uh Against in, a $90 million budget, though. Oof. Yeah. Oof. It's an art film, man. It's artsy, it's images, it's an experience, it's something that's not for everybody, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's check it out. Tough for its budget, but definitely do recommend going and watching that one. Uh number 3, Fantastic Beast dropping down made 14 million uh this week. Oh, hasn't even broke 100. 67 is its total. That's yeah. rough
1: for Fantastic Beast cuz um, you know, it's not doing as good as Grindelwald, and Prisoners Grindelwald wasn't go. very good in terms of box office either. But again, when we constantly rely on IPs to be better than their predecessors, the the, the title of tonight's show is the unbearable weight of massive expectations at the box office. And I think that's the
0: Fantastic a, Beast though has just been
1: like just, just nose dive. Yeah, Nosedive. dive. We reviewed that Each last week. Each
0: one's worse than the last one. Uh, and then number 2 Sonic 2 uh remaining at the number 2 spot brought in 15.6 million this weekend uh which brings its total domestic to 146.25 million. How about that? Uh 3 weeks numbers. of release. <laughs> I mean it's killing it. It's the it's probably close to at least five of these movies put together it's wild are, yeah uh wild. sonic kill it but sonic actually a decent movie it wasn't like bad. the first one
1: and we reviewed that uh two weeks ago on the same show with everything everywhere all in once you can go watch the replay or download the podcast
0: uh, and then number one uh continuing with fantastic animated beast the bad guys opened up at 23.95 million animated movies for kids first week of release
1: Talking animals, doing people things. That's what they do, man. That is what they do. And uh, not my favorite genre in the world. I think I need some sort of Twitch emoji that's just talking animals, doing people things. I hadn't
0: even seen this movie advertised until last week, maybe. It's all...
1: Yeah, well, I I mean, I'm always in that theater watching dumb shit. So, uh, yeah, I just... I don't know, I mean, I, I hear it's a competent movie, but I just, animal talk, animals doing people things, this is like my least favorite genre, y'all, I don't know why, I don't know why, I just don't like it, I don't like it at all, Sing, Zootopia, um, I mean, I think it all went downhill after Ants. Uh, and and Bug's Life, like the two ant movies that came out at the same time, and then something happened. There was like a, did they did they turn on the Large Hadron Collider that year? It's um, about to be turned I, back on. I know, and and I feel like. There was there's a we're in the we're in the universe that I don't like talking animals doing people things like that's there's maybe there's a universe that I'm just like, yeah, show me more of the b movie and uh this is just not that universe,
0: yeah, we're in that barren stain bear universe right now, definitely stain. I miss my old universe where was the Bernstein bears
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'll take the burn you can keep the stain um but anyway, yeah I the. It's going to be weird when that collider turns back on. I don't know what other universe we're going to be propelled into and which version of me is going to stay in the good one. I want to go to the, I want to go to the good one.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to my old one.
1: The stain, the burn.
0: No, yeah, the burn stain. Go back the bears, to the burn stain yeah. and yeah.
1: keep the burn burn stain. Anyway, um, well, that's what's playing at the theaters. That's what's going on. That's your box office roundup, and that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are gonna get the heck out of here, uh, but we will be back next week. Make sure to like and subscribe. Find us on the Facebook, the Twitch, or the YouTube. Uh, you can download this podcast wherever it is you get down po- uh, down pod- wherever it is you down podcasts from. You down them, down them hard, and uh, like and subscribe, send us money, send us emails, send us whatever. Um, If you get on the Twitch and you save up enough channel points, you can actually request us to do a whole episode just on a video movie of your choice. We will do it. We will do it for you, so um, get on that Twitch, save up those channel points, and cash them in, dude. Uh, It might even be a crowdfunding thing. It's a lot of points I'm asking for because this stuff... Ain't free. Uh, but anyway, thanks for tuning As always, I am the boom operator. I'm the grip. And we will see you guys next week.